coming to you from Classic City, the capital of the Bulldog Nation. It's time for another edition of the podcast designed for the most die-hard Georgia fans in the country. Here are your hosts, Tyler and Charlie. What's up, guys? Welcome back to another edition of the Glory UGA podcast, brought to you, of course, by our great friends at My Bookie. Charlie and I are back today to give you another batch of winners for week two of the college football season. So to take advantage of them, what you need to do is go to mybookie.ag right now. Hit pause. You can always come back to the pod. We'll still be here. And use our exclusive promo code UGA to get a 50% bonus on that first deposit you want to take advantage of this while you can guys make some money put that money in your pockets free money to play with again mybookie.ag use that promo code uga all right guys i am your host tyler and back with me once again today for our picks of the week is my co-host charlie charlie jeff fun first weekend of college football here in athens yeah it was a nice day not too crowded it was actually a, a gorgeous day. Like the weather finally after what about a month and a half straight of death weather was finally nice. It was beautiful, gorgeous. You're right. It did it feel like a Georgia game day Saturday to you? I don't know if it had the full vibe. No, absolutely not. So I was going to some different places downtown on Friday night and uh, I just, you know, popped into a Michi's real quick. And that place is usually pretty popping on a game day, our game day weekend. And yeah, it, it was dead. So I, I walked in for a second. It's like, yep, can't do this and walk right back out. So I didn't have the exact same vibe. I'm hoping maybe this week we'll get closer to that. And if not this week, I get it. I know this this part of the deal when you play teams like this. But if it's not this week, it's going to be South Carolina next week. That's going to be an awesome game. We have a bunch of cocks up here in Athens. Or I should say down here. I think that's how geography works, right, Charlie? Down here. You're would horrible be, with yeah. geography. I, hey, I am a social studies guy. I, I'm a big time geography guy. I just had to think about it for a second. I'm just so accustomed. Like, is that a Southern thing to always say down here, even though it's not necessarily down here? Or is that just know. a me thing? Pull the listeners. I always just say down here, even though it might be actually to the West or the East or to the South or to the North. I'm just, I don't know. I think maybe it's a me thing. I'm quite idiotic at times. But anyway, you did not come here to listen to that, guys. You came here to get another batch of picks to put to use at mybookie.ag, and we are going to do our best to oblige you today. So I'm going to go ahead and turn things over to Charlie today. You are the star of the podcast, Charlie. No one wants to hear my voice. Take it away. All right. Well, before we dive into this week's picks, let's recap week one. So for Tyler- Do we have to? Was it a banner? I didn't do bad, but I I don't like 500 weeks. I like- Winning weeks. And you went 500. You went 6-6. Six and six. You did hit your parlay of Louisville, Utah, Illinois, and Rutgers on the money line for plus 236. I was very happy with that. And I will admit, I had to sweat that <laughs> Illinois game out. It was, was it Friday night, I think? Maybe it was, I don't know. Saturday, it was a lot, I watched a lot of football. It all bleeds together when you watch that many, that many football games over the course of one Labor Day weekend. Uh, but Toledo put up a fight. Illinois to come back and they scored like a last second touchdown to win that game by two points. So I was sweating that one out. I knew it was going to be a tough game because Toledo is probably going to win the MAC this year. They won it last year or they were in the MAC championship last year. And yeah, I just sweat that one out. But it's all right. Sometimes you sweat things out and uh, it's all good. You win. Beautiful. Yeah, so you went six and six. I went four and three. I did not hit my parlay, and I also lost both Texas Tech and Clemson. So it wasn't. I think everybody who did bet on Clemson lost that. But that was part of your parlay, right? Texas Tech and Clemson. Yeah. So 
it wasn't one of those weeks where you lost one leg of your parlay. You lost both of them. It's okay, Thanks. Charlie. I mean, Thanks. I was just just for objective purposes here. We want to make sure I'm we... still at fifty seven percent of winning my picks. Did you just you do that in your head? Fifty. Did no, just... I looked it up. Oh, I was I was gonna give you props there, Charlie, because I could not do that in my head. Well, what you were what four and three? Yes. So you get the lead right now. I do. I guess that's how that works. I when do. You're one game over five hundred. All right. Well, briefly, give us your reactions to week one. I have one reaction for you, Charlie. One reaction and one reaction only. I always knew Georgia Tech sucked. I was born. The second I was born, I think the first words out of my mouth were, Tech sucks. I'm pretty sure. That's what that's that's how the legend goes, at least. I knew it. I always knew that. But now, it is 1,000% official. If there was even like a shred of doubt whether or not Tech sucks, we now know for sure Tech does indeed suck. Because I told you guys, I hate going 500. Of course I do. I want winning weeks. I want to give you guys winners. But Tech is the reason I did not have a winning week. It's Tech's fault. They were down. I had Louisville. Louisville by a touch. I was at seven and a half point spread there. They scored. They're up, I think, nine points. Garbage time touchdown. The ultimate backdoor cover. Tech had no chance of winning the game, but what do they do? They go down the field and they score a touchdown at the very last second to pull it in like, was it four points? Something like that. All I know is that I didn't cover and it's Tech's fault. I don't blame Louisville. I don't blame Louisville. The game is over. You're like, just go home. I blame Tech. Freaking nerds and cheaters. That's what they are. So it's official, guys. If you did not already know, Tech sucks. I hate them. And they are the reason that I didn't have a winning week last week. So screw you, Tech. Do you have any other comments you'd like to make before we move on to this week's picks? Well, I mean, I think Tech sucks sums it up. But I will say this. You know, week one, guys, I I, I gave you a lot of picks because I was just so excited about college football. Like I told you on last week's episode, week one is the hardest week of the year by far because we spend all offseason talking about what we think we know, but we don't really know until teams got there in the field. So I always try to play conservatively. In fact, I, I scale back my typical unit. I didn't put my typical unit on these games because I just don't really know. Um, but, you know, I came out, I actually had a winning week to throw in the parlay. So it's all good. I had a couple uh, off-the-card picks. I didn't put on the card. I wasn't super confident that I kind of just rolled with and won some of those. So I, I ended up coming out on top, but it just wasn't the weekend I was hoping for. And like week one never is. Week two is also kind of tough because like we've seen these teams once, but a lot of times it's against overmatched opponents. So you still don't really, really know. Usually once we get like week three, week four, that's when we start to hit our stride. So we're going to give you our picks, guys. We're going to give you our takes. Just know that weeks one, weeks two, tougher weeks by far. They're definitely the, the toughest weeks of the season, but uh, we'll, we're going to pull out some winners, no doubt. All right, ready to go? I am ready. All right, we have five games on our featured slate today. I mean, I have to say, week one was great and all, college football, but there weren't any big matchups to look forward to outside of FSU-LSU, but that's not a problem this week. Week two is loaded with high-profile games and other really fun non-conference games, so let's get to it. First up, we're going to talk Georgia and Ball State in... Another thrilling matchup. What a matchup. So pumped. I mean, I'm pumped for Georgia football, but man, what a what a dud of a matchup. The game's on Saturday at noon. I will say, while this may be Cupcake City USA, as you like to say, Tyler. That is my line, Charlie. You just stole it. It is less of a cupcake than UT Martin was last weekend. Ball State is a MAC team, so at least it's an FBS opponent, right? That, there's something to that, I guess. We're just progressively upping our game every week. Yeah, so we'll call this, what is this, negative splits Yeah, <laughs> for, for all you runners out there? Yes, but still, coming off of our 48-7 to 
season opening victory over UT Martin last weekend. The dogs are 42 and a half point favorites this weekend. I'm not putting this on my card because whatever I say, they're going to do the opposite of. You do have a very tough time making picks on our games. They just always go in the opposite direction. It's well, a curse. It, I mean, that, that's exactly what I said. You have a tough time. That's what going the opposite direction means, right? Okay, smart Alex. I'm, okay, I'm, Anyways, I think that Georgia can potentially cover. They probably won't since I just said that. A little superstitious, but what's your take? You know what, Charlie? You might be a little superstitious, but I think you're on the right side of this. I know that if you watch the first game, which I know all of you did against UT Martin, you might say, okay, well, we won that game 48-7. This is a slight step up in competition. As you said, Charlie, we're actually playing an FBS team, a MAC team, so maybe we won't cover it. I don't think you're going to see the same Georgia team. And think about what we saw last week, guys. Think about the context we've talked about all week. Carson Beck, first star. Some obvious nerves there. I think Carson played far better than maybe some other fans out there do, which, shameless plug here, check out our latest YouTube video on our YouTube channel. I went and I detailed all 38 snaps, or dropbacks, I should say, that Carson Beck took in that game to really try to dive into how valid the criticism of his game is from some out there in the fan base. So just check that out. I think you guys will enjoy that little film study for you. But I mean, look, Carson was making his first start. We had a mass unit at running back. We're out two starters at wide receiver. We have a starting left tackle, not just making his first career start, taking his first collegiate snaps. And you're playing an overmatched opponent. We were clearly trying to just get the ball in different guys' hands so you could make plays for us. Kirby was very open saying we were trying to not get the ball to Brock Bowers, which is crazy on the surface because like, hey, Brock Bowers is an absolute freaking monster, but that's neither here nor there. So there's just some context to that game. And when you play a game like that, and it was as sloppy as it was because, you know, whatever you want to say, it was not a Crips game. Like, we, we won that game going away. We was never in doubt. It never should have been in doubt based on the opponent. But there were some things that we certainly need to clean up. And you know that the film study on Sunday and Monday was brutal for a lot of those guys. And I fully expect, overmatched opponent or not, this week to have a different kind of attitude, a different level of focus coming out this week. Like you said, Charlie, is a step up in competition, but also just the fact that we didn't play all that well. And going into conference play next weekend, you would like to be hitting on, I don't know if it's going to be all cylinders, but more cylinders than we were hitting on last week. So I expect an overall better effort from the guys. I think we'll be a little bit healthier. It looks like Ladd might not go again. I don't know. It's a, it's just a lingering back thing. It's nothing serious. But if you can hold him out in a game like this, you hold him out. And I would love to see Ladd get some snaps before South Carolina. But he's played so much football, I guess it doesn't really matter all that much. Marcus shows me Jack Saint is coming back this week from his one-game suspension, which I think is very exciting because this guy's going to have a really big senior year for us. So we're going to get a little bit healthier there. We are gonna, probably going to have Smile back. He could play full-time. He could start if we needed him to. I just don't know if we will. We might use him in a similar role to how we used him in week one, just kind of keeping him safe and fresh as much as we can heading into that first conference game next weekend against South Carolina. But regardless, we are going to be a little bit healthier on both sides of the ball. A lot of those freshmen, those young players, even the guys who weren't freshmen that haven't played a lot in their careers, they've gotten some snaps now. They've played in front of the big crowd. Those nerves hopefully are gone. I think they'll play sharper. I think it'll be more crisp effort on both sides of the ball. I think you'll see us do a little bit more offensively, maybe not be quite as vanilla as we were last week. And I think all of that's going to equate to what Charlie said. I think the Bulldogs are going to cover this game. Look, if this was a really good MAC team, if this was Ohio or Toledo, 
I mean, it'd be a different story. I don't think the, the spread would be 42 and a half if it was one of those teams. But Ball State, I mean, yes, it's an FBS opponent, but they are a middle of the pack at best MAC team this year. I would probably put them closer to the bottom, like the bottom three or four in the MAC this year. So this is not an overwhelming MAC team. I mean, Kentucky beat them by 30 last week. We are better than Kentucky. And now with a full game under our belt, I do expect us to win this game by 42 and a half or more. So give me the dogs to cover in week two. Do you want me to put that on your card? Oh, uh, you know what, Charlie? Let's go ahead and do it. Yeah, I'm going to put my faith in my dogs here. I'm going to be a little stronger than you. I love my guys. Let's go. All right. Well, let's not waste any more time, and let's get to the game of the weekend, which, of course, is the much-anticipated game between Alabama and Texas in Tuscaloosa. This is a rematch of last year's game between the two future conference opponents that Alabama used some Bryce Young magic on to pull it out by one point with a last-second drive last year. The Horns are loaded on offense, and despite the big victory over MTSU last week, there are plenty of questions remaining about this Alabama team. Still, the Tide are the seven-point home favorite on my bookie right now. Check it out if you have not done so. Mybookie.ag. Tyler, I know you've been on Texas all offseason saying Texas is back. They're actually really back. Are you sticking to your guns, or are you going to be a coward and back off this one at the last second? Whoa, whoa, Charlie. Guns blazing here today. Uh, you know what, Charlie? Since I, I might have backed off on it, but since you called me a coward, all right, challenge accepted on that one. I will admit, as we've drawn closer and closer to this game, I have been on Texas all offseason. I talking about like back in May, I think it was the first time I said, I think Texas is going to beat Alabama. I kind of been feeling that way. And I finally said it in like mid early May. I don't know, sometime around there. And I felt that way for a long time. I felt very confident in that all summer long. But now as this game is drawing closer and here we are on the precipice of this massive matchup in Tuscaloosa, I'm not feeling as great about that pick. And I guess maybe some of it has to do with what we saw from Texas in week one against Rice. It was It's kind of like us. It, like They were never in doubt of winning that game. They really dominated the game. There was, I think in the second quarter, they got held to a field goal like three or four times. And that kind of skewed the score a little bit. But here's what I'm telling myself, Charlie. I felt so strongly about Texas all offseason for a reason. I did not see anything from Alabama yet based on a win over Middle Tennessee State. And maybe they have answers to all those questions I have. Maybe, but I don't think you can definitively say they do have answers just based off what they did to Middle Tennessee State. It gets real this weekend. And the reason I had all those questions about Alabama, the reason I had Texas and I had so much confidence in them is all the questions about Alabama, specifically at the most important position on the field, at quarterback. Now, we'll see if... Jalen Milrow is ready to be that guy against a real team. He was not last year. Now, maybe as a, with a full offseason, taking some reps with the number one offense, maybe he's ready. I don't know. I still don't think they have elite receivers. There's been lots about their offensive line, which is really talented and very good. I don't know if it's as good as everyone's making it out to be. Defensively, I do have some questions at spots. I still don't think they're great up the middle of that defense. Texas, though, I also have some questions, particularly at quarterback. It's what I've been saying all offseason. If Quinn Ewers is legit, if he can be the guy or even close to the guy that people thought he was going to become at a high school, Texas can go to the college football playoff. They absolutely can because they are loaded on offense. The offensive line had two, two guys that are freshmen last year that played a lot of football, started most games for them. Those guys are back this year. I know they lose, obviously, B. John Robinson, but they have a, a bunch of really good backs. Cedric Baxter is a true freshman, is a really good back. They are absolutely loaded a wide receiver defensively. I wouldn't say they have like top three to five level talent in the country on defense, but they're certainly in the probably top 10-ish. So they have a lot of talent on defense. Going to Tuscaloosa could be a, you know, obviously a tough task. I don't think that Bryant-Denny Stadium is one of the most 
difficult environments to play in. Obviously, it's a tough environment, but I don't think it's impossible to overcome. The reason Alabama doesn't lose there is because Alabama is usually really, really good. I just think this is a pretty evenly matched game, and I am going to stick to my guns, Charlie. How dare you call me a coward, actually, first off. But I'm going to stick to my guns here. I... I am nervous about it because of Quinn Ewers because I just don't know if he's ready to be that guy. If I, I think every, everything else is there. Everything else is there. I think right now, Bama still has more questions in my mind than Texas does. So it's an early season matchup. I could totally be wrong here, obviously, but I felt that way for a reason, and I'm going to stick with that gut, and I am going to go with Texas to cover the seven on the road. But do you think Texas will win? Well, Charlie, we're going to have to wait till later in the show to, to find that out. Oh, okay. Parlay. Upset special. I have a little upset special action. All right. I I agree with you. I am going to take Texas plus seven. Doesn't it feel kind of icky? It feels wrong. And maybe it's just the history of Alabama in games like this. I don't know. But it, I, well, I'm going with Texas. It's at Alabama at night. Like, it just... Night factor. That, that's, that is true. It could easily get out... It, not get out of hand, but it could definitely affect Quinn Ewers. Oh, for sure it could. But Jalen Milrow could also be terrible. This is correct. And they have trouble moving the football. Anyhow, I am taking Texas plus seven, and you are too. I am. We're both on it. We'll keep it moving so we can find out if there's an upset special in your future. And Charlie, before we move on, I see you ready to move on here. You're locked and loaded. Before we move on, I do want to take a quick second to remind everyone once again about my bookie. We are giving you these picks, guys, but it doesn't matter if you don't have an account at my booking. Guys, it's the best sports book out there. It's the best option for you. Trust me. I like to lay some bets down. You guys know this. Responsibly, of course. Always bet responsibly. If you don't have the money, don't bet it. Uh, but I tried them all, and my bookie's the best. It's just it's the easiest to deal with. It's the easiest interface, easiest tr- deposits, easiest payouts, great customer service, best lines, best betting options. It's got the best of everything. So make sure, guys, sign up today at mybookie.ag. And if you're a brand new user, use our promo code UGA and you will get a 50% bonus on that first deposit. And guys, I, you know I suck at math, but you know if you deposit 500, that means you get an extra 250 to play with. If you deposit 100, that means you get an extra 50 to play with. Whatever you're comfortable depositing, you get 50% of that and that's free money for you to go play with and win some money, put some real cash in that pocket. So do it today, guys. Again, mybookie.ag, use our promo code UGA. To bet anything, anytime, anywhere with my bookie. All right, next up we have Texas A&M traveling to Miami to take on the Hurricanes and what I think is one of the more intriguing early season matchups. Yeah, I think it's going to be a fun game. In week two, we have two very talented teams that struggled, you know, with losing seasons less they, than a uh, year ago. It was a struggle bus last year for both these teams. Yep. But they have high hopes of turning it around this season, and only one team can win, so it could be very interesting. Texas A&M won last year's matchup in College Station, but the Canes will be looking to return the favor on their home field, um, if you want to call it that. I guess it's a technically it's a home field, but is it a stretch to say there might be more Aggies in the stands? I mean, I would actually bet on it. There will be. Yeah, more. Can we get prop no. bets on that? Yeah. Can we right. get that? Because I'll take the, I'll take the Aggies on that one. A&M is heading to Miami as the four-and-a-half-point road favorite. Um, I am going to pick this one. I think Miami can cover the three-and-a-half. I think both teams have a lot of potential this year. 
You know, everybody thinks Texas A&M, they have the best recruiting recruiting class, blah, blah, blah. But can they put it all together? Um, you know, Petrino, he's a pretty good coach. We'll have to see. Good offensive mind. We'll have to see but what But I still have questions. I mean, how much of this offense is really his? Yeah, obviously. That's the so, question. But I am going to take Miami plus three and a half. You know, Charlie, that's not a bad pick. This was four and a half as of like earlier today and has now dropped to three and a half. I'm glad you caught that. Because I was going to take the opposite side of this, Charlie. I'm going to challenge you on this one. You're taking Miami minus three and a half. I was going to take AM minus four and a half. So, hell yeah, give me AM minus three and a half. Miami, I think, will be better this year. They still don't have the overall roster talent that AM does. Now, AM had that roster talent last year. Of course, I understand that. That is the argument against AM. They had it last year. What did that do for them? I get that, guys. I think this is a little bit different year. They are more stable at quarterback. They do have Bobby Petrino, who I, I don't know. You're right, Charlie. I don't know how much the offense he fully has control of, but just his presence being there and Jimbo Fisher not being the exclusive play caller, that helps him because that was a problem for them last year. They got rid of a lot of those locker room cancers. And I think this AM team has a ton. I mean, I don't think, I know they have a ton of talent. They have one of the more talented defensive fronts in terms of recruiting rankings anywhere in the country. They have one of the better receiving cores in the country. They have a bunch of highly rated recruits. Watch Ruben Owens, guys, at running back. He's going to be a, a freaking monster for them this year, next year, and the next year after that. I think Wegman is a is a massive upgrade over what they had prior to him. He's an upgrade over what he was last year as a true freshman. So I think AM is just a better team. I think they're in a better spot than Miami right now. Now, Tyler Van Dyke, I was really high on him coming in last year, but it was a rough year for him. But you have to wonder how much of that was truly Tyler Van Dyke and how much of it was all the the pieces around him. He also dealt with a lot of injuries. It was also kind of offensive coordinator malpractice last year with Josh Gaddis. He is now gone. I still think there's more continuity at A&M, even though though it was not a good look for them last year. And if you're going on the road to like, I don't know, Oregon or something like that, I mean, yeah, that's a legit home environment. That's a home field advantage. This is not going to be a home field advantage for Miami. It never is. I truly, like, if there was a prop bet, I would take the prop bet saying they're going to be more AM fans. They're absolutely booked that. So I don't think the fact that it's in Miami really matters at all. So I think AM is a better team. I think they have more overall talent. I think they fixed a lot of their issues from last year. So I'm going to take the Aggies to go into Miami and come out with the dub. All right. And cover, by the way, I should say that. Okay, well, to the casual fan, Ole Miss traveling to New Orleans on Saturday to play Tulane is a big yawn fest. But for those of us that actually, you know, know college football, really enjoy it. Feeling yourself today, Charlie, See huh? it as more than a hobby. We know that this is a really fun matchup between an always exciting Ole Miss team, gotta love Lane Kiffin, and a Tulane team that beat Caleb Williams in USC in a thrilling Cotton Bowl last season Ole Miss is the touchdown favorite but Tulane does return a lot of talent from last year's Cotton Bowl team I don't have a play on this one what's your take I I've gone back and forth on whether I have a play on this or not Charlie my take is that Ole Miss is the better team I mean they are like it's a really nice and it's more than a nice story Tulane was really good last year, guys. And they're really good again this year. They have Michael Pratt back at quarterback. This is a really good football team. This was not just one of those flukes. They were they beat some good teams last year, guys. I mean, they beat USC, who was, I mean, just inches, I mean, not should say inches, but they were a couple of injuries away, maybe a Caleb Williams injury away in the Pac-12 title game from making it to the Cosworth playoff and playing us in Atlanta in that Cosworth playoff semifinal game. So this is a good two-lane team. They were terrible for a couple of years prior to last year, but man, they really picked up. Willie Fritz did a great job. 
and they have a lot of talent back. Now, Tajay Spears, who was maybe the engine of that entire team last year at running back, he has moved on, so he's gone, but again, you have the quarterback back, a lot of other pieces, especially on defense. I mean, this is a really good team. Ole Miss, though, is the team I've been telling you guys about for a couple of months now. This is a dangerous football team. I think that Jackson Dart is poised to take a step forward this year. I mean, guys, he beat out Spencer Sanders, who I'm not saying Spencer Sanders is the best quarterback to ever play college football. He's not. But this guy was like a three-and-a-half-year starter at Oklahoma State, and he comes in to Ole Miss, and you, you would think, okay, in his last year, you come into a spot where you think you're going to win the job. So he thought he was going to win that job, or he wouldn't come to Ole Miss. And Jackson Dart beat him out. Now, Jackson Dart was not great last year. I mean, he had some issues in terms of his passing proficiency. He was fine, solid, but the Ole Miss offense wasn't as dynamic as it had been in previous years under Lane Kiffin, and it really was because of Jackson Dart. He just wasn't that kind of passer. They had some good weapons of receiver, and Quinshawn Jenkins came in and kind of took over, but I, I know it's one game, and you don't want to overreact because they were playing a little sister of the poor in week one, but that dude was just putting up massive numbers in week one. And the reason I think there's something to that is he didn't really do that against anybody last year. I don't care who they were playing. He wasn't doing those kind of things in the past game. He did in week one. So I think that he's ready to have a big year. Obviously, Quinshawn Jenkins is one of the best backs, not just in the SEC, in the entire country. With Pete Golding coming in, I think they're going to be a little bit better defensively. I mean, by a small margin, but hey, that counts. I mean, that helps because how many games would they have won in the past couple of years if their defense was just a little bit better? And I think their defense might be a little bit better this year. So I really think this Ole Miss team is dangerous. I know it's on the road. Maybe the biggest game in the history of that two-lane stadium. I mean, I don't think that's a stretch to say having a team the caliber of Ole Miss, an SEC team coming into your stadium, at least in modern college football history. I know Tulane once upon a time was in the SEC, so maybe they had some big games back then, but I mean, that was a long time ago. So this is the biggest game in that stadium in a long time. Their fans are going to be jacked up. Be a lot of Ole Miss fans there too, though. So I, I like Ole Miss in this game, Charlie, but seven... Seven's a lot of points. I think if I had to lean one way, I would lean Ole Miss. Did you say you were putting this on your card? No, I am not. Yeah, I, I'm not going to. I want to badly, but I'm not going to do it. I might, uh, I'm going to tease this. I might save it for my parlay, though. I might go to the money line here, but I'm not going to, I'm not going to take the bait here. The seven, I think Ole Miss wins, and I would lean Ole Miss to cover, but I'm just not confident enough because I do think Tulane is a good football team. So I'm going to keep that off the card. All right, we have one more intriguing non-conference game on our featured slate today before we go to open season. And that game features Dan Lanning's Oregon Ducks traveling to lovely Lubbock, Texas to take on Texas Tech, um, who got caught in a look-ahead spot in week one and got taken down in overtime by Wyoming. Yeah, that was, uh, I mean, that was kind of like a look-ahead spot. Yes, they kind of blew that game. That's what happened. They kind of blew that game. Yeah. And then why are you playing at? I mean, honestly, I would not mind if we played at Wyoming because what a what a fun trip that would be. And it's a game that like we should absolutely win. But also, why are you playing at Wyoming? All right. Well, there's no better way for the Red Raiders to rebound than by knocking off a top 15 Oregon team who just dropped 81 points in their season opener. Uh, following Tech's surprising loss to Wyoming, the Ducks head to Lubbock as the six and a half point road favorite. A lot of road favorites in Week Two. Um, I don't have this on my regular card, but I do have it in a parlay, but we'll get to that in a minute. I think I might have this on a parlay as well, Charlie. I am really tempted. This is kind of the old Miss game. I'm really tempted to take Oregon here. That six and a half is highly tempting. I think Oregon is a better team than Texas Tech. Texas Tech was a really, really, um, 
one of those darling teams. You know, pe- a lot of people kind of picking them to be the TCU of last year. Newsflash, guys, there's not going to be a TCU of last year because that team doesn't exist. TCU like that doesn't happen very often. Although, got to pat myself on the back here. I did see that one coming. I told y'all last year. But there's not, I mean, you, there's not going to be a team like that every year. Now, I'm not going to lie. I looked for those that team this year too in the offseason. I don't, and there wasn't a team I felt the same way I felt about TCU last year. So I don't know if that team exists. I don't think Texas Tech is that team. It's a good team. I don't see them as like a 9-10 win team like a lot of people think they are. Some people think they're a contender for the Big 12 title. I don't see them that way. Oregon, however, I think is a legitimate Pac-12 title contender. Oregon's schedule is very difficult, so I don't know if I see them getting out of the regular season with less than two losses. So I don't know if I see them as a casual playoff contender. It's not out of the question. It's just a tough schedule. The Pac-12, there's some... It's really, really top-heavy, and those teams pretty much all play each other, so they could lose a couple games there, and they could lose this game. But I think Oregon's a better football team. Bo Nix, you know, I think in his final year, he's, I mean, he took a massive step forward last year for a long time. You guys know, I own it. I was a Bo Nix hater, and I think justifiably so. The guy was awful at Auburn. Now, I do think they kind of utilized his skill set more, and that's one thing I was always saying about him in Auburn. is like, this guy's best skill set is his legs. And they just never used it. I never got it because Gus Malzahn is a guy who's traditionally always used the quarterback's legs. He's doing it right now with John Rice Plumley at UCF. And they just never really did that with Bo Nix. I don't know if that was the Nix thing saying, hey, I want to be like a, a learn to be a pocket passer. I don't know. I always thought that was weird. He goes to Oregon and Kenny Dillingham in year one uses that guy's legs. And all of a sudden, now he's a Heisman Trophy contender. They use his best skill set. And they're going to do that again this year. And I just think they're better. I, I like what they have at running back with Bucky Irving, uh, Noah Whittington. They have some good backs there. I think they're going to take a step forward on defense this year. They were not great on defense last year, which might be a little bit surprising considering Dan Lanning is a defensive guy, but they just had to get the talent in there. I like Oregon in this game. You know what, Charlie? I don't have it on my card right now, but add it. Add it to the card. Oregon, minus six and a half. I like that. Give me, if you give me a touchdown, yeah, I'll take it. All right, well, those are all of the major matchups this week. Well, there are other good matchups, but those are the big ones. Um, How many more picks do you have? Oh, I have probably like nine or ten. All right, well, how about I start us off with Illinois at Kansas. Do you have a pick on that? I do, but I have a pick on the point total, not the spread. You, You have one? I do. What do you got? What do you got? I have Illinois plus three at Kansas. You know, Kansas, their quarterback didn't play last week, Jalen Daniels. He's a game-time decision so far this week. And then Illinois, they have one of the best defensive lines in the country. They really do. So it's not really a great matchup. So I'm going to take Illinois plus three. And it is also my upset special. Oh, so, so you're throwing your upset special out here early. I'm taking the fighting Illini. I hope you're right, Charlie. I do have a preseason win total bet on Illinois to go over six and a half wins. It's kind of one of the reasons why I was really sweating that Illinois-Toledo game out last week. They pulled that one out. I would look, Charlie, if they win this game, if they beat Kansas on the road, I, I'm going to go ahead and just like basically bank that win total bet because they're, they're going to win five games the rest of the way for sure. So I hope they win. I'm, I'm with you, Charlie. I'm behind you on that one. I'm not going to put it on my card, but I do have a play on the total here. I'm going to go over 57 points. Kansas scores points, guys. And even if Jalen Daniels does not play, Jason being their backup quarterback, he's good. Like He played three or four games from last year and does really good things. So Jalen Daniels is just more of a run threat. The reason I'm staying away from the uh, the spread, Charlie, is you know, like you said, this is a it's an interesting matchup. Kansas does run the ball a lot. Illinois is a team with a great defensive line. It is a tough matchup for Kansas. 
the fact that it's on the road, it's a big non-conference game for Kansas. I mean, that place is going to be rocking. So I'm just going to stay away from that. But I love the over 57. Kansas can score, but they give up points and points and points and more points. Illinois traditionally has been kind of a, a ground and pound team. Luke Altmyer, though, coming over from Ole Miss, speaking of Ole Miss, coming over from Ole Miss at, at quarterback, that dude's injecting something into this Illinois offense. He gives them something that they didn't have last year with Tommy DeVito and haven't had in a while. He's a good passer. He's also a really good runner. He gives them a little bit of a dynamic threat from that position. They don't have the same level of running backs they had last year with Brown, but they have some some good players. And they have a good offensive line. They have some weapons on the outside like Juice Williams. So I think that Illinois is good enough on offense to score on Kansas. Kansas is going to score too. So I think... This, this is going to be over 57, Charlie. I think this game is going to be played in the 30s. So, yeah, give me Kansas-Illinois over 57. All right, I'm going to go to the Nebraska at Colorado game. I mean, I just think it was too good to be true for I Colorado to, to win last one. weekend. I just think that was too good to be true. Nebraska has a new coach. I am going to take Nebraska plus two and a half. I don't hate that pick, Charlie, because if you I – mean, I know you watched them because we were watching them together – out, uh, out downtown, and if you watch that game, all you guys out there, yeah, Colorado put up some massive points on TCU, but how many of those big plays were they running just absolutely wide open? Now, you can say, oh, I mean, they schemed them open. I mean, maybe. That's, that only takes you so far. There were so many blown assignments by TCU. It was comical. That's how bad it got for them. So, I don't know if you can count Nebraska to make as many mistakes defensively as you saw TCU make. And if they don't make those kind of mistakes, is Colorado good enough to be, to like actually beat a team straight up? I mean, yeah, they're probably good enough. Shadur Sanders really good. We know Travis Hunter is, I mean, he's in the eyes of trophy race now. Both those guys are. But do they have the depth all the way around the roster? I don't know. And let's not forget, I know everyone's going crazy over what their offense did. They also gave up like 550 yards themselves on defense, okay? They barely won that game, and they barely outgained TCU. I mean, they won it. Give them credit because no one thought they were going to win the game. But everyone's acting like they're like big-time contenders. They gave up 550 yards, okay? This is still not a great team. Man, they might get to like five or six wins. when everyone thought they were going to get to like three or four. But they're still not a great football team. So I don't hate that pick at all, Charlie. And I really want to take Nebraska. This is an old rivalry, by the way. It's an old Big 12 rivalry. I really want to take that that pick. I'm, I just don't know. I just don't know right now. I need to see... I need to see a little bit more from Nebraska, so I'm going to stay away. But if I had to lean, Charlie, if I had to lean one way, I might be with you and lean Nebraska. But before we move on, we're going to take one more break, Charlie? Sure. Thank you very much, Charlie. All right, I got to tell you guys again about our great friends at Alumni Hall. Alumni Hall, guys, it's, it's the best, man. They, they are the best Georgia gear retailer anywhere on planet Earth. Not just the state of Georgia. You're not going to find anything like it anywhere else on this planet. They've got all the best brands, all the gear you want, all the styles you want, anything you want, guys. Trust me, they've got it, and they've got so many things that no one else has. You're going to want to stop it. If you're coming in town this weekend, do yourself a solid. Come into Alumni Hall. Stop by in stores inside the Epps British Shopping Center, just just past the Oconee Connector. Coming on, if you come in by three sixteen, you stop in right there, and you know get there early because they'll have some. They'll have a line at the door. I mean, people know the word's getting out. People know about Alumni Hall now. So get in there, get your twenty twenty three game day gear today. Wear it, be loud and proud at the game. And if you're not coming to Athens, all good. You can get all the same gear, all the great stuff at alumnihall.com. So make sure to stop in today. Or check it out online because Alumni Hall is where the Bulldogs shop. All right, this next game is Notre Dame at NC State. And when I first saw this one, I was like, "Eh, I don't know if I want to do that. But 
But you want to do that. I do. Mar- I mean, Marcus Freeman is only in his second year. I don't think they're as good as everybody thinks they're going to be. They have played nobody. Correct. And I include Navy in that. Navy is a nobody right now. So NC State is plus seven and a half. I'm going to take At NC- home. At home. I'm going to take NC State. Might be even be an upset. I am. I'm not, gonna, I'm not taking the upset. I, I, don't think, I don't think that's crazy, Charlie. I'm not taking NC it. NC State can pull this. They can pull this W. But they can get this dub. I mean, I might change my mind, but right now I'm not taking it. Be, but bold. I am take, be bold. Be bold. I am be taking bold. NC State do it. Do it. plus seven and do a half. It. Do it. Do it. No. Okay, fine. Whatever. Just try it. I tried my best. I love it, Charlie. Mm-hmm. I, uh, I'm i in an agreement here. I think you nailed it, Charlie. If you've never been to Carter-Finley Stadium, you might not realize it. That is a really tough environment. It's not a huge stadium. It's like mid-50,000, maybe 60,000, something like that. But those fans care. Like, they care about football in a way at NC State that no one else in the state of North Carolina does. It's a big deal. They, they love their football. And that's going to be a tough environment when Notre Dame's coming to town. They don't get a team like that in there very often. It's going to be a tough environment. I'm still a believer in Brent Armstrong. And not just Brent Armstrong. The, the combination of Brent Armstrong at quarterback and Robert and I at offensive coordinator. I mean, I've told you guys before, I'm big on them together because what they did at Virginia together was awesome. Two years ago, it was one of the best and most fun offenses I've ever watched in my entire life. I It was much-watched television for me in 2021. I had to watch that team whenever they were on because it was just so much fun. It was just so different than everything that you saw. Brent Armstrong is like this, this fiery redhead guy, and he just runs all over the place. has a really unique style. He's a lefty. Just a fun guy to watch. Now, his first game at NC State last week, wasn't spectacular. They only got 155 yards passing, but they almost had like almost 100 rushing. And he's a dual threat guy. But you know, you gotta imagine they're saving some stuff for Notre Dame. At least you like to think that. And their defense is good. The defense has been really good for a couple years now. They did lose some guys last year in the NFL, but they got a lot of guys coming back. They have two really good corners, Peyton Wilson at, at inside linebacker. I like that team a lot. They don't. They haven't run the ball well in the past couple of years, but I think Brent Armstrong's ability to run the ball from the quarterback position gives him a little something there. Sam Hartman has been really good the first two weeks. I mean, Notre Dame has looked really good, but I'm with Charlie. I just don't know yet. Because you haven't like, what do you know about those? It's like when we talk about UT Martin. What do you know? Like, what do you actually know about these teams until they actually play somebody? I think this is a tough spot for Notre Dame. They probably win the game. But if you're gonna give me more than a touchdown for NC State and give me seven and a half, I'm gonna take the Wolfpack and I am going to feel good about that. So give me NC State at home as a seven and a half point dog. All right, why don't you keep going? I have plays on. Well, I'll just let you pick a few. How many do you have left? Two. Two. Okay, I have more than that. So I'll I'll run a couple here. Try tell me when you want me to stop. So we did A and M Miami. We did Texas. Did Kansas Illinois. Did Georgia. Let's go Vandy at Wake. I am I'm ready for this game, y'all. I know like who cares about Vandy and Wake, right? I do. I was gonna put this on my card, but I decided not to. Who are you leaning? Vandy. I am not only leaning Vandy, Charlie, I am taking Vandy plus ten. I will admit I don't feel great about this because as I told you before, Vandy, I mean, they were dead last in my SEC power rankings this week, right? My reasoning for that was they're trying to build their team a certain way, very similar to how we do. They want to be a physical team. They want to run the football, establish play action off that. But they don't have the dudes to do that right now. Their offensive line is not there. It's not very good. But Wake Forest does not have an overwhelming defensive front or a front six at all. And Sam Hartman does not play for Wake Forest anymore. And then Mitch Griffiths, who is a solid player back there. They also, it's not just the quarterback position. They don't have the same receivers I've had the past couple years. Those guys are gone. A.T. Perry is gone. Donovan Green is gone. I mean, Taylor Morin's back, but he was kind of like the the slot guy. He was like the third option. He's really kind of a complimentary piece. Now he's got to be the guy. And I don't know if he's ready to be that. And, you know, Wake was fine last year. They weren't as good as they had been the past couple years. And that was even with 
Sam Hartman at quarterback. So Wake's probably still better than Vandy. But, you know, we, I know this is at Wake's on the road, but it's another one of those games. Like, this is not, there's no home field advantage here. It, Wake Forest is like the smallest school in Power Five. It, it, no one cares about football there. I mean, it might be full, but there's like 20,000 people there. It's, I mean, Vanderbilt goes to Georgia. They go to the Swamp. They go and play in Neyland Stadium. Like, they've been there. They've done that. This is not going to intimidate them. And again, Wake might win. I think they're still, they're definitely more advanced in their development as a program than Vandy is right now. But Vandy's getting there. They do have some really good pieces of receiver. We talked about McGowan. We talked about Will Shepard. The lines of scrimmage concern me, for sure. Absolutely they do. But I don't know if Wake is equipped to really take advantage of that the way that some other teams are. So even though Wake might win, I'm going to take Vandy plus 10 here on the road. It wouldn't like completely shock me if Vandy pulled the upset. All right. Do another one. Go for it. All right, let's go. Uh, let's go out west, Charlie. Let's go to Boise, Idaho. Ever been to Boise, Charlie? I have not. I haven't either. I've always kind of wanted to. I want to go to Idaho. I don't know why. Idaho. When you're, Idaho is one of those states when you're a kid, you're like, oh my god, I would never go to Idaho. Now, like as an old man, it's like, dude, I think Idaho might be kind of cool. So maybe one day I'll go there. But uh, this is not the weekend. But Boise is hosting the University of Central Florida Golden Knights, and UCF is only a three and a half point road favorite. Now, Boise is a good Mountain West team this year, but they just got smacked around by the Washington Huskies. And I get it. Washington is a really good football team. They're a Pac-12 title contender. They're a college playoff contender. I actually have a preseason bet on them. It took a flyer on them, not just to win the Pac-12, but also to get the college playoff. So I like Washington. And Boise is good, but UCF's good too, guys. They, they completely embarrassed Kent State last weekend. It was 56-6, to six, and they could have scored 100 on that team. Now, Kent State might be the worst FBS team in the country this year. They lost, uh, like, literally everyone on their team. Like, they have the lowest returning production in the country, and it's really not particularly close. So that's not the greatest measure of how good UCF is. But UCF was a really good football team last year. They have one of the top 10 returning production metrics in the entire country. John Rice Plumley is back. Now, he's not the greatest passer, but he has improved. He's a dynamic throughout his legs. They have a bunch of their top receivers back. They have some players on defense. They don't recruit the same level as Florida, Florida State. There's a lot a lot of talent in Florida that those guys don't want, and they get those guys. They're on the come up. Gus Malzahn's got that thing kind of humming right now. I recognize that Boise is good. UCF's, it's a, I think it's just a different level team. I think UCF's going to go in there, and I'm not going to say they're going to blow out U- Boise. I think they could win that game by 10 plus points, though. I think they could win that game pretty comfortably. So give me UCF minus three and a half. I know it's on the road. I know they got to go out west. I think UCF's a pretty good football team. All right. Um, I'm going to hop in here with one. How many do you have left? Well, it's fine. Probably like four or five. Okay. Um, let's go to Utah at Baylor. Utah's favored by seven and a half. Um, I know this is kind of a strange one. Yeah, both quarterbacks potentially aren't playing. Yeah. Cam Rising, maybe not again. Blake Shapin, we know, is out for Baylor. Yeah, but Utah played pretty well. You know, their quarterback did pretty well last weekend. I like so. that reasoning. And also, Baylor did just get embarrassed at home in their first game, losing to Texas State. So there's that. Yes, thank you. So I am going to take Utah plus, or excuse me, minus seven and a half. Yeah, I like that play, Charlie. If I was going to take a side, I would take Utah. The the hook is what gets me. If it was seven, I would take Utah, the hook, and the the likely it looks like now, or at least the possibility that Cam Rising is not going to play again. Also, Brant Keithy, their best playmaker on offense, also likely not playing again. Um, But I, I, I would lean... Utah, because Blake Shaven, we saw what they looked like when he went down with the injury in the middle of that game last week against, against uh, Texas State. And their backup, the dude that came in, he's a transfer from Mississippi State. Oh, my God. He was very, very, very bad. They had no chance to win. They, he, he, I think he threw interception. He turned the ball over twice, uh, maybe a fumble and a pick on their last two drives, and that ended up 
sealing the deal and costing the game. So that guy is going to be starting the entire game. So I don't know, man, if I would be betting on Baylor. I mean, the hook scares me, so I'm going to stay away from Baylor. Here's why I'm going to take, though, Charlie. I'm going to take the point total here. Give me Utah Baylor. And this is a low point total. I usually don't like these low point totals like this. But in this circumstance, give me Utah Baylor under 47 and a half. I, think there's a, I know that Blake Shapin is not playing for Baylor, their quarterback. And it looks like Cam Rising, as of right now, is probably not going to play either. Even if he does play, I'm not sure Baylor scores that many points. I mean, the, the dude that's playing last week for them at quarterback did not look good. So I think this is going to be a low-scoring affair, maybe similar to what we saw with Utah and Florida last week. Okay, and for my last pick before we get to parlays, I have Iowa at Iowa State. Huge rivalry. Cyhawk. Love that name, the Cyhawk. You just never really know. Yeah, well, um, you don't really know, and both teams are going to miss some people. They're missing some players because of gambling charges. Yep. So there's that, too, that (laughs) storyline. There's that. Um, However, the Cyclones, I love the mascot. I will forever and always take Iowa State. I like their color scheme. Yes. I like the, I, I, the red's too dark for me, but I like the red and yellow. Yes, so I am going to take Iowa State plus four. All right, go clones. Um, I don't hate that, Charlie. I'm going to stay away from that. If I wasn't doing anything with this one, I wasn't take the under, but the, it was like 37. <laughs> I was like, oh my God. Now, I will say three of their last four games have gone under that point. So I think the game was 10-3 last year. So you might want to take that. I thought about it, but I'm going to stay away from that one. I'm going to go... Let's go. Let's go. Washington State plus six at home against Wisconsin. I know Wisconsin. People are high on Wisconsin, and I know they're changing their offensive scheme. I get all that. I don't know if it's just going to be that seamless of a transition. It wasn't necessarily all that pretty week one. You have to go on the road to Washington State, and Cam Ward is back for Washington State. They did lose some guys, but Cam Ward is a really underrated quarterback, and he was awesome in their first matchup, in their first game. He went to they went to what to Wisconsin last year. They went to Madison and won that game. And maybe Wisconsin beats them this year, this year too. I, I like Washington State though. I think they've got a new office coordinator that's come in and he's kind of unlocked what Cam Moore can do. He's more comfortable now being in the power five level for a second year. They've got some sneaky good receivers over there. Uh, Nakia Watson is a really, really good running back that no one really knows about. So going to the Palouse ain't easy, man. You're going in the middle of freaking nowhere. You're going across the country, the middle of nowhere. It's not easy to get to. And it's going to be a crazy environment. They don't get non-conference teams like Wisconsin coming in there. That's going to be wild. I know it's not a big stadium. And I think it's not like that stuff matters to a degree, but you also have to be good enough. I think Washington State's good enough. I think Cam Ward is a good enough quarterback to give them a chance to not just cover, to maybe even win this game outright. So give me Washington State plus six. Charlie, do you have any more? That's all of my regular picks. All right, I'm going to run through the rest of them here real quick. i got a couple more. Uh, I'm going to go Arizona plus nine as the road dog. At Mississippi State, in start with Mississippi, you guys know how I feel about Mississippi State. I don't think they're going to be good this year. I really don't. I need to see it before I believe with the transition to this new offensive system. I don't think it's a fit with what Will Rogers does at quarterback. Arizona with Jaden Delora. I know, that again, they're going cross-country. I'm kind of like contradicting myself here. But I think Arizona's a good football team. They almost made it to a bowl last year. I think Jed Fish is doing good things there. Jaden Delora has played a lot of football. He's a veteran, just like Will Rogers is a veteran. But he's a veteran playing in a system that suits his skill set. Mississippi State might win the game. They very well might, but nine points? I don't know if Mississippi State is nine points better than Arizona. Now, they're better in the on the defensive line. Offensive line, I don't know if they're really, really better because they, their offensive line wasn't built to do what they're trying to ask them to do this year. It's one of the reasons I also don't like Mississippi State. It's not just quarterback. I think all around offensively, they don't have a team that's really built to do what they're trying to do offensively. Arizona's built to do exactly what they do. But, you know, defensively, they don't have the, the overall talent. I just don't think the Mississippi State's offense can really take advantage of that. So this is another one. It would not shock me to see Arizona pull this upset. Like, 
I might I might just put a little sprinkle on this one to take Arizona outright to win, but I'm definitely going to take Arizona plus nine on the road in Starkville, so I like, I like the Cats there. Uh, I'm going to go Arkansas minus 37.5 at home against Kent State. All it needs to be said about this game is Kent State might be the worst team in Power 5 football, or not Power 5 football, in FBS football. Uh, Arkansas, yeah, I mean, God, it, UCF beat Kent State 56-6 to last week, guys, so Arkansas is going to put on if they play their guys enough. Uh, I already did Utah Baylor. I got one more here, Charlie. Another uh, point total play. I'm going to go Oklahoma State. Arizona State under 56 and a half. And I know you guys probably did not pay attention to Oklahoma State and Arizona State's season openers last week. So let me fill you in on what happened. Those two teams, Oklahoma State and Arizona State, offensively combined to score 51 points against Central Arkansas and Southern Utah last week. You heard that correctly. Oklahoma State, Arizona State together scored a combined 51 points against Central Arkansas and Southern Utah. Those offenses are not ready for primetime. Oklahoma State played three different quarterbacks. They still don't really have an answer. It's probably going to be Gunnar Gundy, Mike Gundy's son, who's going to get the start this week. And I think he was like the third guy that came in for him last week. Arizona, Arizona State is starting Jaden Rashada, a true freshman. Yes, that Jaden Rashada of Florida NIL fame. He is starting for Arizona State. He's going to be really good. I don't know. He, I don't know if he's ready right now, man. It's going to take some time. So I don't know if these two teams are equipped to score that much. And the total is 56 and a half? I don't know why that total is at 56 and a half. This is a classic case of somebody knows something I don't know based off what I saw last week. So I'm I'm gonna trust my instincts here. I'm gonna go Oklahoma State, Arizona State under 56 and a half points. All right, Charlie, what do you got? What is your upset special? Well, Charlie, I teased a little bit earlier. I'm just I'm gonna stick with my longtime take that Texas is going to go into Tuscaloosa and knock off the Crimson Tide outright. I got him to cover, but I'm also going to take him just to win that game outright. So I got Texas. That's the one I'm putting in my card. I'm going to give you a couple that I would also consider. I just mentioned one, Arizona at Mississippi State. I don't think that's crazy. I think Arizona absolutely has a shot to go into Starkville and win that football game. Uh, You mentioned one earlier, Charlie. You said NC State has a shot to beat Notre Dame outright. I also agree they have a shot. I don't know if I would. I'm I'm not confident in that to put that on my card, but... I wouldn't hate it if one of you guys did that. I, I would say that's a pretty solid pick. But I'm going to go with the one I've been talking about all summer long. I'm going to go Texas here. And I'm sure I'll probably be wrong. But I felt that way for a reason. I'm going to stick with it. All right. For my parlay this week at plus 139, I have Utah over Baylor, Oregon over Texas Tech, and Mississippi State over Arizona, which again is plus 139. That's just on the money line, right? Yeah. All right, money line. All right, I hit mine last week. I'm going to hit it again, guys. We're over plus 200 odds again this week. These are all on the money line. I got three this time, right? I had four last week. I'm sticking to three. I'm going Ole Miss, Oregon, UCF, all to win on the money line. That's plus 201 odds. But don't forget, guys. If you hit Ole Miss, you hit UCF, and you're waiting on Oregon or whatever the order is, you're waiting on that last leg. If you've hit the first two, my bookie has the brand new cash out early option where you don't have to sweat out that last one. Now you might want to sweat it out to win the whole to win the whole thing, but if you don't feel comfortable, you're kind of sweating it out. Go ahead and cash out. My bookie gives you that option now, so just put that in your back pocket. Um, all right, I guess we need to run through these real quick before we get out of here. Let's do it. All right, I have Texas plus seven. Uh, Miami plus three and a half, Illinois plus three, Nebraska plus two and a half, NC State plus seven and a half, Utah minus seven and a half, Iowa State plus four. My upset special is Illinois o- over Kansas, excuse me, 
And parlay for plus 139 money line, Utah, Oregon, and Mississippi State. All right, Charlie, you're going to need to get that handy-dandy notebook out again. Uh, before you give it to me, Curtis could not be here today, but he has just sent in. Is this allowed, Charlie? Is he allowed to just send in his picks like this at the last second? He just sent me a text, and I can't quite read his handwriting. He's got that lawyer handwriting. Can you make that out? I can make that out. Kansas. Yeah, Kansas. All right, so he's got Kansas minus three over Illinois. Colorado minus two and a half. Are you writing this down, Charlie? Come on. Oh, I guess we have it here. Texas A&M minus three and a half over Miami. Ole Miss minus seven and a half on the road at Tulane. Texas plus seven. Well, we're all on that one, I guess. And then Oregon minus six and a half. I'll send those to you, Charlie. So there, that's curse. Again, Kansas minus three. Colorado minus two and a half over Nebraska. Texas A&M minus three and a half over Miami. Ole Miss minus seven and a half over Tulane. Texas plus seven over Alabama, and Oregon minus six and a half against Texas Tech. Those are Curtis's picks. So he didn't do week one. Can he jump in on the action like this, Charlie? I mean, we'll we're, do, we're, do, it. we're doing it percentage-wise, right? Correct. Okay, so yeah, I guess it works. All right, we'll see what happens there. So those Curtis's picks, the last second, of course. That's very Curtis-like. All good. Glad to have those picks in. All right, so what do I have? Let's see. Are you writing down those handy-dandy picks? Yes. You know, how, you know how easy this would be, Charlie, if we had a spreadsheet? I could look on my computer, and you could write it on your computer, and then like we could all look at it at the same time. I have a spreadsheet, and you're looking at it right now. Charlie, I, for the second week in a row, a sheet of notebook paper and a spiral notebook is not a spreadsheet. This yes, is a is. spiral notebook. A spreadsheet is columns and rows. On a does computer. Does that have columns oh. and rows? Oh, Charlie, indeed this it does. Is, this is, no, Charlie, this is a poor man's. I, the, I'm not even going to say it's a poor man's spreadsheet. This is not a spreadsheet, period. Give the people a recap. The people are with me on this, by the way. They are. Just trust me on that. All right. Uh, I have Georgia minus 42 and a half. I'm back in the dogs. Charlie might not love Georgia, but I do. So I got the guys here. Texas plus seven at Bama. Give me A&M minus three and a half at Miami. Curtis and I are alike there. Oregon. And Curtis and I also agree on this one. Oregon minus six and a half at Texas Tech. It, I got NC State plus seven and a half against Notre Dame at home. Give me Vandy plus 10 on the road at Wake. UCF minus three and a half on the road at Boise going across the country. I've got Utah Baylor under 47. Both quarterbacks look like they're not going to play in that game. Give me that under 47 all day long. I got Washington State at home plus six against Wisconsin. I'm going to back the the Pac-12 again in this one. Arizona plus nine on the road in Starkville. Arkansas at home against maybe the worst team in FBS, minus 37 and a half. And then Oklahoma State, Arizona State under 56 and a half. I love that one. My parlay It's a three-leg parlay this week. Ole Miss, Oregon, UCF, all the money line, plus 201. Upset special, Texas over Bama. Let's go win some money, fellas and ladies. Let's go. Yeah, Charlie, I, I love the enthusiasm. That is that is actually very Charlie. All right, guys. Well, that's it for us. Thank you guys for being here. Of course, always appreciate you. Hopefully, we're going to help you guys win some money this week. I know, again, weeks one and two are the toughest weeks to bet because we don't really, really, really know. So bet responsibly this week. When we get to weeks three, four, five, that's when we'll really know, and that's when we're going to hit our stride. That's what we've kind of been doing the past couple years. So just keep that in the back of your mind. But thank you for being here, guys. I hope you guys have another fantastic Georgia football Saturday, college football Saturday. It's back and it's beautiful. It's amazing. We are back home with college football. So have a great one, guys. For Charlie, I'm Tyler. And of course, as always, go dogs. <laughs>